This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. Gameplay on TSN 1050, as always, is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And today, right now, 2 o'clock on this semi-sunny Tuesday in February, today feels like the calm before the storm. Does LeBron pass Kareem tonight? Do the Raptors go out and make a trade? What other trades happen in the NBA? And we're slowly getting closer to the Super Bowl. So today feels like the calm before the storm. So let's have a moment of calm and give a shout-out to the Raptors 905 and to Pascal Siakam and his charity. Yesterday, there was a record set in Mississauga, 2,854 Raptor 905 fans were wearing red capes in support of Holland Blue Review, which is a pediatric rehabilitation teaching hospital. It's a kitchen. And they broke the Guinness Book of Record for most people wearing capes to an event. There was an adjudicator from the Guinness Book of World Records who was on hand to confirm the final numbers. Portion of the ticket proceeds from the game went to the hospital's Capes for Kids annual fundraising campaign. So great on everyone part of that campaign. Great on the Raptors 905, the fans, and Pascal Siakam. So, so producer Nick, just a little calm before the storm. Yeah, it seems like that kind of day today. We're looking at, yeah. we're looking at it, and it's we just came off of All Star Weekend in the NHL, the Pro Bowl. We got the Super Bowl this weekend. We have the, the Kyrie mess, trade, the from mess. The that, yeah, from the, the from the past weekend. You're right. The mess that will be the NBA trade deadline, or could Hopefully. be the NBA trade deadline. I should say. Yeah. The stories flowing around the NHL about potential trades. All of it's just kind of building up to this. Hopefully entertaining next few weeks and it should be except for the nhl there'll be no trades I'm, I'm, my apologies to james duffy uh just go listen to carlo koliakovo talk about salary caps and all the answers are right there but while we're doing a little bit of story time today is the anniversary back in 1976 daryl sittler set an nhl record with 10 points or twice as many as Matthew Kachuk scored last night, the Panthers beat the Lightning 7-1. But you get five points on Vasilevsky, damn impressive. But back to Sittler. Ten points, the Leafs beat, uh, I think it was the Bruins. It 11. was the Bruins, well done. Yeah. Suck it, Boston. Suck it. Uh, six goals <laughs> and four assists for Daryl Sittler. Uh, but your uh, your pappy, your dad was he was he in the game that day there, producer Nick? Yeah, he was. My uh, my family used to actually have season tickets, and my dad happened to be at that game with uh, I believe it was with his father, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And he said it was exciting, like the building was loud. Couldn't believe so, that it was uh, almost everything he touched was going in the net. He said, "Yeah, yeah." So the, the, even the platinum seats, I don't know if they had platinum seats back in 1976. Probably not. But, uh, yeah, did uh, did your dad, did, did the, the night before, the day of, did he place, did he place a bet 
Did he have a prop bet on uh, I'm go on Sittler? No? no, I don't think that was I'm a thing you. then. Ah, no, no, no. I'm sure it was FanDuel. They had a they had a boost that game. <laughs> if uh, if Sittler nine plus nine points or more, it was that they boosted it up to plus twenty nine hundred. So yeah, I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. But no, it's funny because he was at that game, and then he was also at the game uh, shortly after where they gave him a, a silver tea service for yep. him and his wife. My dad was at that game too. Oh, One of the few nice, nice things that Ballard did during his time here. Hey, you know what? Uh, every now and then you fluke into something not horrible. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that was that, that's a cool story. That'd be really neat to uh, to have been there at that event. Well, I always uh, laugh because me and my dad were both at two very different Leafs history moments. He was at the where 10 was point, yours? He was at the ten point Sittler one. I was at the Matthews sixtieth goal. Ah, very good. Two very different moments in two very, very different generations, but cool. Yes, very different. At any point where you're like, boy, I sure wish, I sure wish my family kept their season tickets because. Uh, oh, uh, every know. once in a while, yeah. My my, uh, my girlfriend, who's a diehard Leaf fan, uh, recently yeah. found out that we had those, and uh, yeah. she's not happy that we don't anymore. Let's put it that yeah. way. Then you show her how much it costs to renew every year. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. I'm still bitter, but I, uh, I get it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, let's get right to it because uh, this is about the the NBA trade deadline. And and by the way, you know how like we come up with our usually you know near the end of the week, you know everyone puts down their official bet for the, the Super Bowl, who they think is going to win. I'm not doing that. In my opening thought. My opening thought is my official position on what I think the Raptors should do. The trade deadline is Thursday, I believe, like 3 p.m., and that is the subject of my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So once again, the Raptors are in the mushy, mushy middle. And I mean in every way possible. On the court, they're not a great team. Eh, they're not really a good team. They're not a disaster of a team. They're somewhere in the middle. Let's say lower middle. 11th in the East, just inside the play-in. Two and a half games back of Atlanta for eight. Four and a half games back of Miami for six. And again, six, you get to avoid the play-in. Off the court, they're also in the middle. Make a big move. If it presents itself, great. But they are not desperate as well. Teams that are desperate. Think about like the L.A. Clippers. All the draft capital. Shea Gilgis Alexander. To get Paul George and Kawhi together. Same goes for the Lakers. Any moment now we're waiting for LeBron. will say something or tweet something. About what the Lakers need to do or why haven't you done it. The Nets, the Nets actually, I mean, they have a ton of pressure. Their proud dynasty never happened. They have no first-round picks for years and years and years. And we're all waiting for Durant to pop out of his little silence cocoon to say he wants out. So it's nice to be a fan of a team that is not in must-make-a-move-now mode. Raptors aren't there. Raptors aren't being held hostage by diva players. There isn't some sort of leverage game working against them. Uh, Josh Lewenberg writing, and you can check out his work at tsn.ca. Masai and Bobby have been telling interested teams that if they don't like what's out there this week, 
or if they're not ready to make a big move, they're willing to wait by the season. The sense throughout the association has been that you see, uh, besides preference, is to retool around the core he built and believes in. Key there is believes in, as opposed to breaking it up and launching a full rebuild. So what should the Raptors do? Now you can, maybe you can make a case, go all in, trade your backcourt, Trent Van Vliet, hell, throw in OG Ananobi. Or maybe you do some of that, or maybe you do nothing at all. I have no idea. So let's just, let's just look at some of the basic facts of the Eastern Conference. Before we focus on the Raptors, let's focus on their neighbors. Because, you know, the teams you got to fear the most the next three years, Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Philly, maybe Brooklyn, but who knows? We'll keep them to the side. Boston, the most dangerous. Tatum is 24, Jalen Brown's 26. The Cavs, Donovan Mitchell just put up a 70-burger. He's 26. Darius Garland is excellent. He's 23. Evan Mobley, 21. The Bucks, Giannis is 28, Middleton is 31, and Drew Holiday is 32. Meanwhile, in Philly, Joel Embiid is 28, Harden is 33 years old. So on one level, maybe you got to be bold now because these teams are all set. They could all win it all this year, maybe next year. These are rosters that are filled with all-stars and a couple of those guys. And by those guys, I mean Tatum, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. The Raptors need to rebuild. they got to hope Scotty keeps getting better. They get draft capital to go find a way to get a player who's clearly better than Pascal Siakam. But maybe you don't have to go as bold. Uh-oh, we got to compete with Boston right now. Because think about it. The Bucks could be 18 months away from being a disaster. It's an older team than you think. The NBA moves fast. Jalen Brown might not be a Celtic. Embiid ain't young, and Harden is getting less explosive with every day. So the crazy blow it all up, that's not the way to go. So that's the first thing for me. I don't do the whole blow up. Nope. I'm not out there looking to get as many draft picks as possible. Also, by the way, keep an eye on the future of Orlando. Franz Wagner, 21. Paolo Bancaro is 20. Orlando's going to be scary. But you also can't do nothing because this team is not good. There are issues. You need to shake it up. You bring everyone back, and you're going to be way into the luxury tax. You're going to lose so much cap flexibility to add impact players. You cannot keep the starting backcourt. Trent and Fred will be up for new contracts, and there's always going to be a team that will overpay. So we are here again. Doing nothing will hurt the team. Swinging for all the fences is unwise and not needed. So now we got to find where is the porridge just right? Not too hot, not too cold, somewhere in the middle. And again, this goes back to my main point. The Raptors' biggest advantage is they don't need to do anything drastic. Let someone else be the desperate team and let Toronto benefit. I have no idea what will happen, but here is what I'm hoping will happen. You trade Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi. And you retain Fred Van Vliet. Here's why. Gary, there's going to be teams looking for shooting. Even if it's just on a rental. And he's a very good shooter. Streaky, but a good shooter. He can help. But he's not an above average defender. The ball often stops when it gets to him. You can find other players with similar skill sets. Hey, I still like the deal 
Lowry for Gary Trent Jr. Gary's been more good than bad. But you got to move on. The big one is OG Ananobi. And let it be known, I am the original OG truther. Way back in the day when this show went by a different name, we went out and had his college coach on this show. We love the journey of OG Ananobi, fascinated with his skill set since day one. But you can get a ton for him. Go find me a story where it's not at least two unprotected first-round picks. And young stars, guys like Herb Jones, or go raid the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, OG is a very good player, but has yet never been named an all-star. And a lot of it is because he can't stay healthy. But more importantly, there is roster duplication. You've got 28-year-old Siakam. You've got 21-year-old Scotty Barnes. Very similar positions. You can afford to deal 25-year-old OG Ananobi if you're getting the assets back. And teams like the Pelicans, the Grizzlies are interested in him. You could get such a massive haul for OG Ananobi. As for Fred Van Vliet, he's really close to hitting his all-star numbers from last year. Also, you need a lead point guard. See, it's not just that you trade Fred. Who do you replace him with? You don't replace him with Malachi Flynn. You don't replace him with Delano Banton. When the Raptors traded Kyle Lowry, they had the advantage of having Fred Van Vliet. You need Fred's leadership. You need someone to help Scotty Barnes on his journey. I'm sorry, but championship DNA counts for something. The Raptors' priorities are this. Continue to develop Scotty Barnes. We've seen a big improvement of him over late. We've seen him becoming more assertive in the fourth quarter of basketball games. It's great. The Raps need him to eventually be clearly better than Siakam, which is not easy to do. Because at Siakam, you've got a 28-year-old multiple all-star. But you see, you use the deals for Trent and OG to do two things. You improve your depth. You improve your bench, which has been one of the number one issues for the Raptors all year. And you get yourself in a place where Fred Van Vliet is the third most important player on the floor. The Raptors won a title with a similar, similar formula. This is what they need to do now. So in the end, I say you keep Fred, you trade Gary, you trade OG. Because what I see, what you hear out there is the hall could be impressive. That's what I would do. And that's my opening thought. I'm finished. And I think, Nick, that is sort of a a legit middle ground. Like, everyone says, oh, they're going to trade Gary. Yeah, we knew that. It's what do they do beyond that? And for me, like, you hear about all these players and young players with potential you could get for OG and Anobi, multiple picks. That is what I would do. Yeah, it's an interesting story for me because, like, did you think before the season that OG was going to be able to garner two first-round picks? No, and I've heard some from three, but you saw how good he was at the beginning of the year and how he's clearly taken a step up. Absolutely. But he's taken a step up on a team with a lot of forwards. Absolutely. But it's just it's incredible to think that we're four months from the beginning of the season now, maybe five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, your point's a good one. No like, way. I, I'm shocked that this is where we're at, is that OG is the most valuable piece outside of Siakam. Go look at, like, I was looking at The Athletic today, and they had their NBA trade board. The number one name is OG Ananobi. I That's know. The guy I saw the that, too. The list. I saw yeah. that, too. 
And I, I was hearing, you know, I was well, reading, excuse me, Eric Kareen, a column where he was talking with the lead uh, reporters from the New Orleans Pelicans. And the name's getting thrown out there. And the picks, you know, like I, I hate the idea of getting rid of OG. I love OG. But you have to be a realist. There's something wrong with this team. You need to shake it up. This is how you shake it up where you can actually legitimately move the needle, but you're also not blowing up the team, not by a long shot. Yeah, it's it's true. And, and if you if you get rid of Fred, if you get sorry, if you get rid of Fred Van Vliet, it's like, oh trade Fred. Who's the point guard? You know, like who who's the guy initiating initiating the offense? Scotty. Scotty and that might be asking a little too much. Like I love when they do might it. In, be? In, Hold on. Might be? Yes, it is. It is. I love it when they do it in little fits, little spurts, where suddenly, okay, okay, Scotty, for the next seven minutes, you're initiating the offense. You're bringing the ball up court. But he's not a point guard. He's a guy that can dribble the ball up court. And he's he a point forward. He's not a point guard. He's yeah. a point forward. So you can use him to run the offense for part of the game, but he's not your main guy. Like, yeah, that's not what he is. And that's fine. Yes. Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to do everything. Yeah. On the other side of the show. Okay, we got to see JJ Rant or JJ Rant. JJ Reddick is is like ranting at uh at Chris Mad Dog Russo. I think I think there's a big debate now but who's the greatest scorer of all time. Uh well, we'll see if we can find that sound. But like cuz LeBron James could you know what let's talk about the other side. Let's get into the LeBron James conversation. Uh, cuz he could set the the record tonight. Um I disagree with Aaron Karolnik about his bet and we'll discuss that next right here on Gameplay. Good afternoon everyone. Welcome back to Gameplay. I'm your host Matthew Cox. Now tomorrow's Classic Lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated 5 million dollars. And the gold ball jackpot is an estimated $26 million. So I want you to do is to text 649 and your name to 105050 for your chance to win $100 in Lotto 649 tickets with Encore. Standard message rates apply to all entries. Lotto 649, find your possible. So again, text 649 and your name to 105050 for your chance to win a hundred dollars in Lotto six forty nine tickets with Encore. So in the NBA tonight, it's all about LeBron. By the way, that last sentence. There's been hundreds of times we could have said that. I was going to say, is this the start of his career or middle and yeah, exactly? He's, he's going for history. Thirty six points behind, uh, or thirty five. So thirty six points to surpass Kareem Abdul Jabbar's total of thirty eight thousand three hundred and eighty seven. And at least for a moment, this takes the attention away from the Lakers' offer of Westbrook and two first round picks, unprotected, wasn't enough. And the Nets were right not to go with that deal. And the Lakers did not want to get rid of all of their young players, which you know. I, I get it. Also, I don't. I, I just don't trust Kyrie Irving. But that that was yesterday's show. And the Lakers, thirteenth in the West, three games back of eighth, game and a half back of Utah for tenth, twenty-five and twenty-nine. The Lakers are not out of it, but they do need a third piece. They're not going to get it done with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Even if they bring in a third piece, that might not be enough because you know you don't. I don't know what. What do you trust less? Actually, I know the answer. I was going to say my, the two options, Nick, was what do you trust less? 
Uh, Kyrie Irving's judgment or Anthony Davis's physical health? Uh, I, I trust Kyrie less. I trust Anthony Davis. You trust Kyrie less than the, Davis's health? I, if I had to pick, which one would you bet on? Anthony Davis being healthy or Kyrie Irving um, doing something crazy? I'm going to bet that Kyrie does something nutty, crazy, dumb, uh, stupid, misguided, uh, more than I, I could see. Than I could see Davis Anthony, staying healthy. I'm saying there is a better chance that Anthony Davis goes full Cal Ripken for the next 20 years. I would bet on that before I would bet on Kyrie Irving paying, uh, being a good citizen for the next six months. This guy is such an idiot here. No, I'm right about this one, <laughs> Phil. No, you're not. You trust Kyrie Irving? No, I just really don't trust Anthony Davis' health. I don't trust I, either of them. Both of these are awful options, and I don't really want to pick either of them. Well, that's but I kind really of, don't like. But that's Davis's kind health. of what this is about. It's like when we do Wednesday, would you rather? Yeah. A good would you rather is like, uh, I hate both of these options, yeah. but I got, I got no choice. I, I know, and that's fine. I would, yeah. I would probably take Kyrie staying out of trouble for, you said a year? Yeah. Yeah, I'd take him staying out of trouble for a year than Anthony Davis Bruh. being able to play every game in that year. Well, the last year you had him uh, against uh, vaccine I'm not, mandates. I'm not arguing your point, Matt, but I think it's more likely that he doesn't do anything stupid for a year than mm-hmm. Anthony Davis plays every single game for the Lakers in that time frame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can debate that later. You know, the, the, so the bet right now out there is LeBron James on FanDuel, 35 points. And uh, or and that's at yeah. So they've oh sorry, his over under excuse me is thirty two and a half points. If you want to take the under, which is where I'm going, that's minus one fifteen. I know the fun bet also. I, I sort of alluded to it on Fanduel. If you want to bet that LeBron scores more than thirty five, that's like at plus one twenty five. So basically, you're betting LeBron James sets the record tonight against OKC TNT on a TNT game. And if you want to do it, it's, well, it's a back-to-back for the Thunder. The Thunder just gave up 141 points last night to a Golden State Warriors team with no Steph Curry, and the Thunder are 20th in points per game. I say, though, it doesn't happen. I say he scores, you know, under 32.5. He's failed to reach that in three. He hasn't hit 30 points in three straight games. And also... By him not doing it, it gives him an extra 48 hours where everyone's talking and everyone's celebrating LeBron. I think LeBron wants to do it against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, ironically, Matt. I I don't think it happens tonight, although it would be a story. He goes off for more than 36 in, in a oh, game yeah. to, to do it. So, But I'm, I'm with you. I think it's more likely to happen against Milwaukee. My, my favorite stuff is that the number of bets that you can have on this. Um, how will LeBron score his record-breaking basket, yes. Matthew? What, what is your lean on this? Because you can do layup at plus 145, yep. three-pointer at plus 370, free throw at 450, or dunk at 650. I'm going layup. Oh, see, I, I'm, I'm going, going free throw. You're going free? Because uh, be, it would be so anticlimactic. Uh, yeah, but see, that's why I would. I, like, the one thing he does so well is... He just, like, when he wants to, puts his head down, gets to the basket, gets two points. So I'm, I'm going to go, and I, I think he does it when he's one point away. 
Yeah, but see, I think that's the same reason that I think it could be a free throw because he gets to the lane and gets fouled. We'll find out. We'll find out. It's going to be we'll, fun. We'll find out. You know, the only annoying thing is we're now going to, you know, it's going to come up now. The LeBron versus Jordan conversation. Like we're, we're now back there again. That is, that is 100% going to start happening and that debate will happen and everyone will start yelling and screaming about who was the greatest of all time. And then some of the basketball hipsters will throw out Kareem. Some will throw out uh, Will Chamberlain. Some will throw out, um, you know, there'll be a couple other names out there that'll get thrown around. Uh, Bill Russell. But in the end, you'll get LeBron versus Jordan. I'm not here for that debate. What I am here for is on the other side. Andrew Cayley, senior betting analyst with Covers.com, is going to join the show. And uh, we'll get his take of uh, not just... Um, not just what he what he would bet on tonight when it comes to LeBron James, his thought on the Dallas Mavericks, on a crazy night for Klay Thompson, and Andrews watched a lot of Raptors basketball. He's bet on the Raptors all year. Get his thoughts what he thinks should happen on Thursday, and we'll do that next right here on Gameplay. The big game is coming up this Sunday. Yeah, jump around for that. Pro Life Plus has teamed up with Real Sports to take the sports viewing experience, keep that music going, producer Nick, to the next level and get fans closer to the sports they love as the official sports book partner of Real Sports. Head to TSN 1050's Instagram page for a chance, for your chance, to win a viewing party for eight at Real Sports on Sunday, including food and beverage, and ProLine Plus merch you must be 19 years or older. Get to our Instagram page right now for eight to watch the game there. That would be tremendous. Join me now to talk football, Raptors, LeBron, everything in between. It is our senior betting analyst at Covers.com. It is Andrew Cayley. Andrew, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Super Bowl week's finally here. I can't believe it. I know, I know. And then we'll be sad. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, Somewhere about Monday afternoon when I'm done the show, I'm like, oh, now what? Well, now what is soon after that, the pitchers and catchers report, and we can start beating yeah. ourselves up over Blue Jays' best. Yeah, but we don't have Brady um, speculation, but we do have Aaron Rodgers. So we, we always need that one quarterback. Um, speaking of speculation, if I look at my what's happening, what's trending on Twitter – I'm getting Raptors, I'm getting Van Vliet, I'm getting Siakam, I'm getting OG. This isn't really a betting question, but Andrew, you're a fan of the team. You've bet on the team. And when you bet on a specific team on a regular basis, you get to kind of learn who they are and some of their tendencies and all that. And this isn't what you think is going to happen. What do you think the Raptors should do between now and 3 o'clock on Thursday? What do I think they should do? Oh, yes. What do here, you, Matt. What oh, do, oh, and by the way, uh, by the way, I'll give you a second. My opening thought was, if you do nothing, that's a disaster because Van Vliet and Gary Trent, both of them are going to be getting a lot of offers. If you do everything, well, that's if you try to trade everyone away, that's ridiculous. Mine is I would trade Gary Trent Jr. and I would trade OG Ananobi and I would re-up Fred Van Vliet and I would get back a hell of a haul for OG Ananobi for a team with, with some roster duplication with all those forwards. So that would be my move, which is more than a little. It isn't a blow-up. It's somewhere in between. What would you do? 
I would do close to the blow up, I think. I but I'll I'll surprise you here. I want to keep OG. OG is the guy that Masai is going to try to draft in the if he take moves some of these guys and gets rid of some of these picks he he can ball handle obviously some people can debate whether how good of a ball handler he actually is or not but he's a he's an elite defender he can shoot the three ball even though he struggled a bit this year with that um he's basically the prototype for the Masai Ujiri player um obviously you make a good point because he'll get you the biggest haul right now um any contending team would want him um but that's why I might move past Skell at this point and, and Fred, and maybe you can package them in Damn. a deal. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're both 28-29, so they're on the upper end of uh, of the core of the team now, which seems crazy because it just seems like yesterday when they were the, the young pieces to the core, but I'm just not sure if they're going to be around for the next bout of contention. And I just think, like as difficult as it may be, you maybe cut your ties, and I think Pascal can get you a pretty good return right now. Problem with Fred is like he's obviously basically a free agent at the end of the year. Um, he he obviously has value. You can he he can play his defense when he's motivated, and he's he's a great three point shooter. Um, but his back issues give me give me problems when it comes to re upping him, like you said. Um, and and you're not going to get a whole lot for Gary at this point either, unfortunately, I would say, because he's also a free agent. So uh, packaging Pascal in it is is the return for me, and and surprise everybody and and keep OG. Damn, Siakam and Van Vliet, that would be the true blow up. I guess my my issue with that is if you lose Van Vliet, who is your who's your point guard? Because it can't be Malachi Flynn. My my feeling is you hand the reins over to Scotty Barnes. You want him to be one of these true point forward sort of thing. You just you put the ball in his hands much more often in the game, and obviously um, the development hasn't been exactly what everybody was hoping for after last year's Rookie of the Year campaign. But we were we were all fawning over him. We couldn't stop fawning over him even three months ago. So. That potential is still there. He's still a very young player. Like He has lots of time to develop still. Uh, I hand the reins over to Scotty Barnes. Joined by Andrew Cayley from Covers.com. All right, we'll move back a little bit more into your world. You tweeted this out. Did we all miss the boat not betting the over for Clay Thompson last night? Was last night the night to do it after he goes off for 42? Now that Steph is going to be out for several, several weeks. The the twenty four and a half looked off last night because he had been averaging about twenty five points per game, uh, twenty five and a half I think since Christmas time, and his field goals uh, attempts per game he was taking over four more field goal attempts per game, and that was with Steph playing most of those games. Uh, and obviously he goes nuclear last night uh, against the Thunder. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing a twenty four and a half in his point total. I would still if it if it's around twenty five and a half, I, I overs are still a viable play, but I'm guessing we're gonna see a twenty six and a half or a twenty seven and a half for their next game for him. He's clearly the he's clearly the man right now for Golden State. Yeah, but he's not gonna shoot twelve of sixteen from three. That was truly, truly remarkable. Uh we'll we'll stick with we'll stick with basketball actually and then we'll and then we'll get to a little bit of football at the end but just two other quick points here. What do you you know have you looked at what do you think the prop market's going to look like with Kyrie and Luka? Like I am fascinated to see what they are setting those numbers at because I imagine everyone's just going to want to jump on and bet the over just from a psychological point of view. Everyone likes betting overs on the new thing. 
What I'm going to be betting is over on their opponents' rebounding totals. Oh, gonna, smart. Because they're an even smaller team now with Kyrie. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was one of their best defenders and a solid rebounder. Dinwiddie is a long guy as well. Um, they they sacrificed some of their depth to, to get Kyrie. Obviously, they're going to score a lot of points. I'm going to be so I'm going to be looking at the player their opponent player prop overs. I'm also going to be looking at opponent team total overs. That defense is not going to be very good with Luca and Kyrie Irving on the floor at the same time. Uh, I, I'm expecting some some high scoring uh, Mavericks games. And like as much as I don't like Kyrie Irving the person, he's still obviously a phenomenal basketball player, and he's a terrific fit next to Luka Doncic there in Dallas. I love it. Individual. Prop bets on the rebounds for the opponents and team totals for the opponents. Andrew, that is good. I like that. And, you know, everyone's going to need to make that. See, to me, that's the smart bet. The only problem is, and I only bring this up, Dallas beat the Jazz last night, 124-111. Utah's favored by nine. Dallas didn't have Luka Kyrie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie. It's a reminder, even with all the smart stuff Andrew Cayley from Carpets.com has given you, it can be hard out there. Sports betting is difficult. There's a reason why the, the professionals hit only about 55% of the time. It's, hey, we'd all be doing something else, Matt, if we could predict it every single time. Yep. <laughs> Would have taken the Jazz last night. All right, moving over to the Super Bowl, um, do you have a particular lean, like in terms of either just simply who you like, money line spread between, let's start there on the, easy, on the, on the simple side, between Philly and Kansas City? Because I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth to I think Philly's more talented but KC's got the better quarterback, but we don't know how healthy that quarterback is. But Philly has faced a lot of mediocre quarterbacks. I am going back and forth about who I'm backing for this Super Bowl. It's a really tough question, and you, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Matt. It's Philadelphia is a very talented team and probably from top to bottom have more talent than the Chiefs do. But I really... Like I'm really wondering what those numbers look like against a more difficult schedule, and a lot of the Eagles fans out there are going to be, oh, we've beaten everybody, like we've we've answered every test, but they they just haven't played very many elite passing teams at this point in the season, and the Chiefs have they've just they're coming off a, a win over what everybody was calling everyone was betting the Bengals, and before that they were betting the Bills to win the Super Bowl. And the Bat Bengals beat the Bills team, and then the Chiefs beat the Bengals. Like the AFC, I think was was the class of the NFL this season. Yeah, I just think Patrick Mahomes is the difference maker here. Um, Andy Reid's going to lean on that guy's arm, and I think they're going to scheme Travis Kelsey in a way that's going to allow Mahomes to get the ball out of his hand quickly. Um, and I'm I'm leaning towards taking the points, and not just taking them. I'm, I'll be taking the Chiefs on the money line in this at about the plus 105 value there. I, I think the Chiefs get it done here. I think Mahomes can take advantage of the Eagles' uh, secondary a little bit. They play very aggressive, obviously, because that front seven is so effective at getting to the quarterback. Uh, but Mahomes, um, if he's healthy enough, obviously the health uh, matters a little bit here. But the, the Bengal, he had no problem against the Bengals last week. And um, I really think that he can take advantage of an aggressive Eagles secondary if he, um, if he makes those reads properly. Now, I can't give you any of mine because we're going to do a little bit our Tuesday top five, our top five super, our favorite Super Bowl bets. And uh, so we're going to be doing that a little bit later in the show. 
But for you, is there one prop bet? And it doesn't have to be a specific one. It could be these running backs against this defense. Is there one that you really like for Sunday? Uh, the one I really like that's a little better value is Marcus Epps over five and a half tackles and assists, and that's at plus 130. Uh, I like it because of the game plan that the uh, Chiefs are going to employ. I think Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of targets in this game with that wide receiver room banged up, and I think he's going to be able to find those zones uh, in that Eagles defense and uh, the hard-hitting safety for the uh, for the Eagles. Epps, he averaged five and a half tackles per game, but he – it was more like 7.2 tackles per game when he was facing good tight ends this year. They did it against uh, Detroit when they still had Hawkinson, uh, Pittsburgh with Fairmouth, and a few others this season as well. So I really like the idea that Kelsey gets a lot of catches and uh, Epps will get some tackles. I'm also going to take Kelsey to get eight-plus receptions at plus 130, and I like Mahomes over his passing attempts at over 38.5. He's thrown for 39.5 passes per game in his last nine playoff games. Andrew, always appreciate. And the number one, there, well, number one takeaway, kids, keep an eye on the opponents facing a Dallas Mavericks team that's going to score a lot, but it's going to be just garbage. Like they're like twentieth defensively, and that was before they got rid of one of their better defenders and brought in Kyrie Irving. I like that one, Andrew. Always appreciate. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Good luck with all your bets, Matt. Thanks for having me. Right back at you. By the way, speaking of the Raptors. They get back into action tomorrow, 7 o'clock, against the Phoenix Suns, a game that you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. we got to take a break. On the other side, Belichick and Brady on the same podcast together. We'll play some of that sound. We'll do that next right here on Gameplay. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Rihanna, I gotta tell you right now, no one's gonna stop the music. It, it's, it's gonna keep playing. You, you, you can relax. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Um, Nick, have you put a bet down on the uh, on the uh, ye old Super Bowl prop bets about the first or last song that uh, that Rihanna will be singing? Not yet, because I have to do some research, because I found this thing that if you find their previous concert that they held mm-hmm. and look at the set list, for the last like 15 years, I think 13 of the last 15 or something, have been the exact same first song. Really? Yeah. It, it feels like that's a trap. Play, it feels play like the, it's a trap, play but the, play I, I actually the sound saw it. Hit the button. Give me the oh, give me the button. Give me one sec. I'm in the backup oh, studio. Oh, it's you're in the backup harder, studio. Right? No, nah, okay, don't worry about it. No, nah, that's that's on. Oh, where'd it go? There it is. It's you a know? Yeah, thank you, Admiral Ackbar. That is on me. But 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 the fact that that information is out there so readily, <laughs> it makes me a little nervous. It makes me nervous too. But like actually going back through it, it's true. So mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. But when was the last time she performed? I have no idea. You're asking the wrong person there. Um, by the way, um, the exact nothing to do with the Super Bowl or Rihanna or the halftime show. I'm just saying this for the first time since before the pandemic, the Maple Leafs are going to be skating at Nathan Phillips Square this Sunday. Now it's a it's a big two day event. I don't know everything that's going on, but they are going to be practicing outdoors for the first time, and it looks like it's going to be going on this Sunday. That Sunday is, at noon. 
Sunday at noon. That is uh, that is pretty cool. By the way, do you find it funny though that they did it Super Bowl Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. No. Well. You know, um, you can get all the downtown core that can wander over. But, yes, I mean, but the game doesn't start until 6, 6.30. So, but, uh, and also, no, but this one's clever because there's an excellent chance they're going to be coming off a win because they're playing Columbus. So there's a very good chance they'll be coming off of a win. Valid, but it just seems like a weird time to put the first one that you're doing since before the pandemic. Like, that just seems odd. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess it has to be where, you know, you're playing at home on a Saturday, and then and after that they don't play again until Wednesday at home against Chicago. So from a logistics standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. But you're right, having it on, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, you know, it will certainly divide people a little bit. Oh, I could have gone with the cheesiest just. Speaking of Super Bowl Sunday, two people that know a lot about it, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But I'm not going to do that cheesy radio segue because I'm a professional. I'm a little disappointed in you that you're not. But, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to rise above that. Instead, let's uh, let's hear from the two of them, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Was, uh, obviously, this was on Brady's podcast because it would be pretty uh, – imagine Bill Belichick having a podcast. Oof. Oh, my God. Like, just imagine Oof. the imagine the miserable person that has to be, like, the co-host, you know, that, that sort of has to steer the ship with Belichick. Oh, my God, that'd be a disaster. Unless just, you were it'd say- just be an hour of uh, we're on to Cincinnati, as our intern Stefano said. Just an hour of that. We're on to Cincinnati. Just an hour. I mean, well, the only way is, hey, Bill, talk about when you were the defensive coordinator for the Giants in the late uh, 80s and and just about your role of using Pepper Johnson in coverage. And, and you know, you'd have to go just geeky X's and O's to get him talking. We're or on to the Patriots about- era. We're on to the Patriots but- era. No, no, you got to you got to go back. That you got to do like, um, you know, tell us about the history of the fullback. He'll spend thirty minutes on Bronco Nagurski. Actually, he All would right, too. What's that? I said you're right. He would. Yeah, he would just you know that he would like. But if you hey, comment what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Then he would just clam up. We're on to next season. <laughs> we are on to yeah. We're on to next season. Uh, here is Bill Belichick just talking about Tom Brady. Tremendous career. Um... It was funny, you know, I was out at the East-West game uh, last weekend, and, of course, you know, his, Tom's picture is up there everywhere as a player in the game, and, you know, along with a lot of other Hall of Famers. I think I had, like, 70 Hall of Famers played in that game or something like that. Uh, but anyway, um, so, you know, that's kind of where it all started. You know, Michigan, the Orange Bowl, the East-West game, and, and, uh, and you know, just the greatest player, the greatest career, uh a great, great person. Uh, it's such an, an opportunity and an honor for me to, you know, to coach Tom. And uh, I, I guess, I guess it's got in at some point, um, you know. But it, it, it's the greatest one ever. So, congratulations, Tom. Appreciate it. More than that, but you know what? That's about as joyful as you're going to hear Bill Belichick. And here's Brady just talking about what Belichick meant for him. I think it's more what did he not do to bring out the best in me. He, uh, you know, everyone always says I was just very lucky. I mean, I think part of it, you know, I came into my uh, career and got drafted by the Patriots. I always joke, you know, I had no idea where New England was when I got drafted. I mean, I flew into Providence, which really confuses you if you're coming from the West Coast because I'm like, Boston, oh, Providence. And, and, uh, you know, it was Coach Belichick's first year there. 
and you know we came in together and I always think for so many young players you know who's going to be there anybody could get drafted to a place who's going to turn you into something who's going to develop you who's going to take you under their wing and sometimes it's a player that does it and I definitely had a lot of players do that and obviously um, I had someone that really saw something in me that you know not a lot, a lot of other people did and and when I listen to those clips, the, the first word that comes to mind is gratitude. And, you know, we, we like to do the narrative of they don't like each other when he left and he we went to um, Tampa and there was infighting near the end and the drafting of Jimmy Garoppolo and and Belichick needed to do more to defend Brady during Deflategate and there was all that stuff. And I'm sure there was some truth to all of it. You work with the same person for 20-plus years in the ultra-competitive environment that is football. There is going to be fights you know, but I hear those clips, and it's nothing but gratitude. There's one moment that you could hear that Brady was kind of choked up a little bit. You know, I think these are two guys that have a great appreciation for the history of the game. They realize their own greatness never would have happened without the other. And that's the boring answer in the end. That's the boring answer. Not which one was better, who accomplished more, who needed who more, any of that BS. It's that neither one of them would have been them without the other. And that's kind of how that is. That's true. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this, Nick. Just speaking with with quarterbacks, I think the quarterback I would least like to be friends with now is 2023 Aaron Rodgers. Oh, 100%. I was, I was hoping you would go there. Oh, my God. So Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show that he's going on a darkness retreat in a couple weeks. What is a darkness retreat, uh, retreat, you ask? Glad you did. It's four Sorry, days. You beat me to it. It's four days, complete darkness, just himself in a little house. I've had a number of friends who've done it, and they had profound experiences. I'm going to add to this, and then I want to talk about his friends. Roger says there are two slots where food is dropped in. If someone can't handle the four days, they're allowed to leave. No music. No one else inside, just you in the darkness and your thoughts. Holy sweet Lord. First off, what, what is circles are you living in where you have, quote, a number of friends who have done a darkness not retreat? Not just one weirdo who did it once and left after an hour, but a number of friends. And then That's on terrifying. top, oh my God, you know, get new friends. See, here's the thing. If I told my friends I was going to a darkness retreat, they would all laugh at me. They would just... I think we would th be a little bit concerned about you, Maddie. No, there'd if be you, no concern. No, it, no, it, it would be no. a slight bit of concern. There would be a lot of laughing. I'll give you that. But there would no, be a slight it, bit of concern that why is Maddie going somewhere where he can't talk and make fun of people? No, what there would be, trust me, I, like, I am on our, our group chat right now looking at it all and just the mentions and the memes and the videos and the disgusting pictures, it would be just an onslaught of making fun of me, and it should be. Also, you know the worst thing? You know the worst thing of this would be, Nick? Imagine if you, you survived the four days, and you came out, and someone's like, wow, uh, did you have that profound impact? Not really. What did no, you no, think I'm, about? I didn't really. Yeah. What did you think about? Not much. I, I kind of had that Burger King commercial. Whopper, whopper, whopper. Like, I had that commercial stuck in my head for By four way, days. Did you see who's using that as their walk-up music for next year? No, who? Uh, Pete Alonzo. 
Is he really? Yep. He's going to have the Whopper yep. theme, the Burger King theme song? Yes. Oh, that's Sorry. good. I know that's totally off topic, but I saw that come across my timeline, <laughs> and I was dying. <laughs> but, my God, like, oh, do you the, think how horrible it would be having to hang with Aaron Rodgers afterwards after he told you all his thoughts and experiences? Oh, that'd be a misery. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like that. It'd be too <laughs> quiet for me. I'll, 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 be, I'll be honest. It's too quiet yeah. for me. Yeah, like, listen, I'm good um, with solitude. I'm good with no distractions. I can do that. But four days, you know, and just slots where food is dropped in. Why does like, this, this is, sound like prison? Like, am I it wrong? Does. No, this sounds, like, this sounds like I'm already in prison for murder, and I shivved a prison guard, and now, it's, and, and now I'm getting solitary confinement. It's solitary confinement. It's gross. 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 Yeah. Good for you. Ah, you're such a hero, Aaron. Such a hero. Other people, they just they go for a walk on the beach like Tom Brady. No, you got to go into a darkness retreat for four days. Oh, God. Imagine being the center. Imagine being the center, having to hear it over and over again. Yeah. So then on and day whispering three. whispering it behind you as he puts his hands underneath to get the ball. And then, Nick, on day <laughs> three, I realized the greatest, my greatest opponent's not Aaron Donald. It's my own ego. Shut up, Aaron. Just hot the ball. Let's get a beer. All right. On the other side, Davis Sanchez. It's been ages since he's been on the show. You know, from the, all the coverage of the NFL and CFL and the work he does with TSN Edge, Davis Sanchez is uh, going to join us. He's live. He's there in Arizona. Uh, boots on the ground. What's, what's, what's going on in the Super Bowl? We'll get into that next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 